Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Today's the first uh, message of the year and wanted to kind of start off with this message series and to kind of kick us off in the right direction, I wanted to ask a a simple question uh, that's worth thinking about. What if, what if you could predict your own future? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to accurately predict where you might be a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now? I think that would be a, a pretty great skill. Uh, to have as we enter into the year 2019, as we kick off a new year, to be able to, to set some things in motion, knowing where we might end up. And of course, some of you, if you're like me, you're a bit skeptical. You may be thinking to yourself, it's impossible to know what the future holds. It's impossible to know where I'd be in a year or five years or 10 years because of the uncertainty of life. I don't know if you've noticed this, but life can be uncertain. There are, there are so many things in our lives that are literally outside of our control. Like we cannot control the economy. I can't control whether, whether my boss promotes me or lays me off, whether the circumstances of the economy change in one way or the other. I can't control the weather. I can't control my spouse. Maybe you can't either, as much as we try. We can't control our family and our extended family. We learned that again over the holidays. We were reminded we cannot control them. We can't even control our children, okay? There are so many things in this life, health and all these things that we, we literally have no control over. There's uncertainty all around us. And so the argument might be, the argument we might make might be, I can't predict my future because of all the uncertainty that surrounds me. And I suppose in one sense, you might be right in thinking so. And yet it always amazed me how when I look at other people's lives and I watch their behaviors and I watch the choices they make and I observe friends and family and those that I love, that it's amazing that I am able to very often accurately predict their future. Some of you have experienced something like this. Let's say in your past, uh, a good friend of yours calls you up on the phone and says, I met Mr. Wright or Mr. Wright. Everything is wonderful. I met this person. I can't wait for you to meet them. And you're thinking, this is amazing. And then you meet said person. And and within 30 minutes, you're going, this is not going to end well. This is not right for you. I can see it. You go on to discover later that many other people surrounding your friend also saw it. It was so clear to everyone where this was headed, but for some reason, the person who's in the middle of that situation is blind to it all, blinded by love. None of us have ever been that person, but we've seen it happen to other people, of course. And, and literally what happens is three months later, six months later, your friend is sitting on your couch going, I just didn't see this coming, and you're thinking to yourself, you wouldn't say it. You're thinking to yourself, you should have seen this coming. It was obvious to me. It was obvious to everybody you knew. Nobody wanted to say anything and hurt your feelings. But we could predict your future. You couldn't. Why is that? Why is it that we can see so clearly when we look at others, but somehow when it comes to ourselves, it's like we're blind? And so over the next number of weeks, we want to talk about some of these blind spots as we, as we seek to acquire the skills to accurately predict where our life is headed and hopefully make some adjustments along the way. Um, it's amazing, though, how hard it is for us to see where, where we are going. I wanted to share a personal story with you today, but I'm only going to share it if you promise not to judge me. Uh, here's how it goes. 
I was, um, I was in my bedroom a number of months ago, and I was preparing to go to a special event. Now, I don't often dress up, but this was an occasion where I needed to, to wear some dress clothes, and so I went into my closet, and I reached for my black pants. And these black pants, uh, three or four years prior, I had had them custom fitted, tailored for my body. And uh, they were my perfect go-to dress pants for special occasions of this type. And so I reached in and I took out those dress pants. I hadn't worn them in about a year and a half or two years. And uh, I attempted to put them on. <laughs> I say attempted because I failed. It, it, this, this was not going to happen as much as I tried. And, and to be honest with you, my first thought and reaction was, my wife shrunk another pair of my pants. <laughs> I, <laughs> to which, of course, she said, it's not the pants. <laughs> It's not the pants that are shrinking. It's the other way around. Um, but this moment where I'm holding these pants, I'm going, this doesn't make sense. These were custom fitted. These should fit me. And I'm holding these pants going, what happened? And as I thought back, I was like, I should have seen this coming. Because for a year and a half, it was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a donut. Oh, sure, I'll take a second helping. Oh, I'm going to watch TV instead of going for a run. And it was like a whole bunch of little decisions that seemed disconnected to me, but then all of a sudden in that moment, I'm got like, ah, these pants, I'm going, wait, wait, I could have predicted this if I was willing to see what was really, really happening. And so in that same way, sometimes we just, we just don't see clearly the good news. Let me, there's the good news. <clears throat> Recently, I found this recipe that had kale in it. And uh, there it is, very healthy. And uh, I, I ate this recipe with the kale, and it lost all the pounds in one day. It was amazing. So if you want to meet me in the lobby after, I'll sell that recipe to you for 20 bucks. No, it, it doesn't, you all know that it doesn't work that way, right? You don't spend a year and a half putting on extra weight and take it off in a day by eating some kale. As much as the infomercials would like to tell you that that's the way it works, we all know, because we've tried it, we all know that that's not the way that life really works. In fact, what we discover about life when we really stop to think about it is that most personal problems, most personal problems can't be fixed. Like, there isn't a quick fix for many of the things that we experience in life. And obviously, if you're, you're in a car accident, somebody, you know, runs into the back of your car, ee, bang, and the bumper, the plastic bumper is, is, is damaged, you can take your car to an auto body shop and they'll put a new bumper on it and they'll paint it to match and it's like it never happened. Your car's good as new. And if only our lives were like that, there are some decisions we make and some roads we travel on where we get ourselves into these positions where there's damage, and yes, we can heal, and yes, we can learn from it, and yes, we can grow, and I would encourage us all to do that. Sometimes there's, there's damage that's done that would be best avoided. Would you not agree? And I know for me, um, as a parent, when I look at my kids, I know they're going to mess up. Trust me, I know they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to have to learn from their mistakes just like I did, but there are some mistakes, there are some hurts that you would best avoid if at all possible, correct? And that's really the purpose of this series. As we go through this message series over the next four weeks, I really want to help us together to avoid some things that can be avoided, and here's the trick, to also prepare ourselves for some of the things that can't be avoided, because life is life, and things will happen. There will be good days and there will be stormy days. We'll all experience life. But there are certain things we can avoid and there's certain things that we can prepare for in advance if we're wise. And so that's what we want to do over the next few weeks. Of course, we all have a past. Of course, we all have hurts and tragedies behind us. 
that we can be healed from and build upon and work through, and all of that is, is good and right. But over the next few weeks, we want to talk about how to avoid making those mistakes as we move forward, because that's just as important. And so at the heart of this message series is a principle that I want to share with you. And before I share with you what that principle is, I want to define for you what a principle is. A principle is or could be defined as an overarching reality. Think of it this way. A principle is the way the world works. It's this big picture thing. It's just the way that it is. It's the way that the world uh, works around us. It is not, maybe it's helpful to say what it's not, a principle is not a formula. Okay? A formula is something like you want to bake a cake, you put in these three ingredients, cook it at 350 for so long, and then ba-ba, banana bread. It works every time if you do it right. Principle is bigger than that. All right? Like Jesus, the scriptures are full of principles. Like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, pursue him, and all these things, and food and clothing and money and the things that we need for our daily life. He says, you look to God and he'll take care of your daily needs. That doesn't mean you get up in the morning, say a prayer, and 20 bucks is like, wow, where'd that come from? So that'd be a formula. And sometimes people take verses out of the Bible and try to turn them into formulas. Right? Raise up a child in the way he should go, and he'll be perfect. No, it doesn't say that. It says when he's old, he won't depart. This this principle that if you teach them the ways of God, that they will ultimately walk in those and turn back to God. So there's these principles in the Scripture. They're bigger than formulas. It's the way the world works. So it's not a formula. It's also not something you choose to apply. A principle is something that applies to everybody all the time. It's like gravity. Gravity applies to all of us all the time, whether we believe in it or not. You walk off the side of a building like, I don't believe and I'll fall. Yes, you will. It's a principle. It just works. It's the way the world works. You can't fight it. It's just the way it is. Principles also cannot be ignored. So you can either leverage a principle for your benefit or you can ignore a principle to your own demise. And so you can argue and say, well, I don't believe in that principle and I don't think that's true. But ultimately, if you ignore it, you will harm yourself, but if you leverage it, it can greatly benefit your life. Here's an example from high school. How many of you know what Archimedes' principle is? All right, in the first service, we had a couple people. Okay, I see a couple hands. All right, you know what Archimedes' principle is? Well, here's the thing. Whether you remember it from high school or not, every time you get into a pool, the Archimedes' principle applies to you. Every time you step on a boat... Every time you drop ice into your water glass, some of you are going, I think it has something to do with water. Every time you interact with water, this Archimedes principle is at play. Whether you understand it or not, it's there. And for those that, that still haven't clued in, Archimedes principle is the principle of buoyancy. i got a little picture here. The Archimedes principle explains to us why that metal boat, which is made out of steel, is able to float. Archimedes in the 3rd century B.C. discovered this principle that explained why a little tiny pebble that weighs almost nothing sinks to the bottom and a huge metal or wooden boat that weighs thousands of tons can float on the sea. Now, Archimedes did not invent the principle of buoyancy. He simply discovered it, and he put language to it and created, created theories and formulas and things that we could interact with it. And because of this principle, if we leverage it right, we can build massive metal boats that carry people across the ocean. But if ignored... Your boat will sink. 
right? So there's this Archimedes principle, the principle of buoyancy. We don't invent principles. We simply discover them and live by them. And so um, today what I want to do is I want to share with you a principle that we can either leverage or ignore to our own peril. And it's called the principle of the path. The principle of the path. Now I first heard about this principle about 10 years ago. I heard a message by Andy Stanley, North Point Church. And uh, I thought it was so helpful to me that I shared it with our church about seven, eight years ago. Single message on this principle of the path. A few of you may actually remember it. And I was so glad to see that North Point Church recently redid this series about how to predict your future based around the principle of the path. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to dive in and discover and pull this apart so that it will help uh, each of us. Now, Andy Stanley did not create or invent the principle of the path. He just simply put words to something that already exists. That whether you and I recognize it or not, the principle of the path has been and will continue to apply to every one of us in this room, regardless of whether we care. It just is. It's the way the world works. And so uh, before I explain to you what the principle of the path is, I need to clarify that there is a difference between a path and a solution. Because most of us, when we get into trouble, what do we want? A solution. We want a quick fix. Doctor, give me a pill. Can you point me to the button that I push and everything goes back to normal? We're looking for a solution, but we understand that when we get lost, if you're driving your car and you're like, I don't know where I am, and you finally, you know, swallow your pride and pull over and ask for directions, that when you're lost, you're not looking for a solution, are you? You're looking for direction. You're looking for the path to get from where you are to where you want to be. There's a very big difference between a path and a solution. So the principle of the path can be defined in this way. The principle of the path is simply this, that direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. Here's an example that might help. For many years in my life, I've traveled to Florida. We've driven the long road, I-75, I think it's the I-90 or the I-95, there's a couple routes. We've driven to Florida, and here's what I know about going to Florida. It's south. It's south. I gotta actually have a map to show you. Like, it is directly south from Ontario, where we live. I don't care if you've packed your swimming trunks. I don't care if you got a spray tan so you'd look good on the beach and not stand out as a foreigner. I don't, I, I don't care if you've told your kids and you're drinking pina coladas and you got the sunshine music going in your van. If you're driving north, you're not getting to Florida. Right? We all get that. We're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's called the principle of the path right there. The direction determines destination. That the direction we're pointed in, the direction we're moving in, will determine where we end up. I think that's that's fairly, fairly logical. And yet, for so many of us in our lives, we understand that when it comes to driving somewhere, but in our life, there's a total disconnect. For example, when I discovered that my pants didn't fit, I was like, how could this happen? It was obvious I was headed in that direction for quite some time. People around me knew it. My wife sure knew it. And, and, I, saw, and I was appalled, and I'm like, I'm going to fix this. And so I, I, I took those pants, and I put them on a hanger, and I hung them up on the door, the closet door in our bedroom, so I'd see them every single morning. And I told my kids, I said, Dad is going to fix this. Operation Black Pants begins. I have a picture. There's my pants. This was the screensaver on my phone, so every day when I turned it on, I'd remember. <laughs> Stay away from the sweets. You know, 
I had this destination, right? And it's silly, but it's like I had this destination, man. I'm going to fit into these pants. And in the coming months, you know, of course, because I told my kids and mistakenly told a few of the staff at the office. Um, yeah. And, and so <laughs> I'd be sitting down at supper, and I'd go for a second helping, and one of my kids would be like, Dad, OBP. <laughs> Operation Black Pants. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay, and I have a little bit more, and I'd reach for a slice of ice cream, a pie or grab some ice cream or something, and they'd be like, Dad, OBP, OBP. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Like, I'm going to get there, and I would eat the dessert, and I'm going to get there, and, and everyone's just watching this go on, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I've got this goal. I have it on my phone. It's going to happen because I've determined that's the destination that I'm going to be at. Uh, about a week ago, <laughs> I was walking through the hall of our house around bedtime, and my 10-year-old son, Nathaniel, said, Dad, yeah, buddy, going to his room. He says, could you tuck me in? I said, sure. So you, you think your bed can handle all this weight? And he just looked at me like, you're weird. And uh, so I climbed into bed with him, and, um, and I said, no, seriously, Nathaniel. I said, soon your dad is going to be wearing those black pants. And he just looked at me, and he said, so matter-of-factly, no, you won't. <laughs> buddy, I tried to fake a tear. I'm like, buddy, you're hurting my feelings. Like, I'm guilt, manipulation, all of it, right? It's bad parenting strategy, but I was like, dude, the, how could you say that? And he looked at me and he's like, but dad, he's like, just today you asked me to get you a slice of blueberry pie with ice cream. And it's amazing, like a 10-year-old boy understands the principle, the path. So dad, I, I get you have this goal that you want to reach. There's this destination you want to arrive at, but you are not headed in the right way at all. Like I've seen it with my own eyes. You want to be there, but you're walking that way, dad. And he understood the principle, the path. It's so clear. And yet sometimes... It's, it's not obvious to us. When people knock on the pastor's door and ask us to, to meet with them or go to the counselor, and they're like, I'm in financial distress. My relationships are broken. My marriage is terrible. Like, fix it. I've spent 10 years trying to get here. Give me the silver button or the silver bullet or whatever you call it to get over here where I want to be. And it's like, what do you want me to do? Like, you spent 10 years walking in the wrong direction. There's no kale for that. <laughs> It, just, it, just, it doesn't quite work like that. It's the principle of the path, right? And, uh, and so we think to ourselves, man, I you know, like the black pants. We go, I want to have this amazing marriage. Oh, that's a fantastic destination. What are you doing today? What are you doing this week that's moving you in that direction? Oh, well, one day we'll go on a date. One day we'll read a book or, you know, talk about our feelings. One day we'll have an amazing marriage. And like my kid, you could just be like, no. Because you're not doing today what will lead you there tomorrow. Oh, someday this 2019 is going to be the year when I have this amazing relationship with God. It's going to be like amazing. Oh, that's a wonderful destination. What are you doing today that's moving you in that direction? Well, someday I'll get to it. The principle of the path teaches us that direction determines destination. In fact, um, one year we were driving to Florida and uh, my parents bought, when I was a kid, they bought one of those big RVs, like the motorhome. It had the bed up above the cab, which was awesome for long trips. You could sleep. I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. But back then, I'm old enough to say you could do whatever you wanted. And uh, so we're driving down the highway, and, and my dad had been driving for about six, seven hours. He was clearly getting tired. And my older brother, Travis, who was almost 17, just got his license. It's like, Dad, I can drive. Let me drive. No, no, son, not a good idea. Oh, yeah, I can drive a 30-foot RV. No problem. No. (laughs) 
And this continued until around, I think it was around 10 o'clock at night. The traffic started to thin. Dad was clearly getting tired. And he says, okay, Travis, I'm going to let you drive. He truly is a man of faith, uh, my dad. And so my, my older brother gets behind the wheel of this RV, and he was, he was cautious and safe. But I had to be his, his co-pilot, his navigator. And 10-year-old me is sitting on the front seat with a map. Some of you remember what a map looks like. It's like this little thing, and when you fold it out, it's like this big, right? Before the days of MapQuest, when you printed 100 pages and you get them out of order and you're lost. I had this map, and we're driving into Pittsburgh, and my dad would check every five minutes, everything okay here, boys? Yeah, dad, we're good. Relax. Go hang out with mom. We got this. Okay. After a little while, he stopped coming to check on us. So we're driving happily down the highway for about an hour. I think my dad fell asleep. And then he finally pops his head in. Okay, boys, how you doing? And we're like, oh, we're good, Dad, no problems. And he says, okay, where are we? And he's like, have we passed this city? No. How about this city? No, nope, haven't seen that one either. He's just like, uh. And we're watching the highway, you know, we're driving down the night. And the green sign, you know, that, that says the, you know, what's coming up next is coming. And it comes into view. And all I remember seeing on it, there were a few cities, but at the bottom it said California. And it was like some thousands of miles to California. But the idea is this. We were headed in the wrong direction. I actually put a map here to show you. We drove in west from Pittsburgh, probably had the map upside down, took the wrong highway. So we'd driven an hour in the wrong direction. And you know what? There was no quick fix for that. It wasn't like, sorry, Dad, and then we're on the right path to Florida. You know what? My dad took over. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, he turned that thing around, and we drove an hour back east to get back to where we had gotten off track and then continued on our journey. And, you know, we understand this intuitively when it comes to driving, that we get to where we should be the same way that we get to where we shouldn't be. There's this journey. There's this path we're on that takes us somewhere. And it's why avoiding some mistakes and avoiding some wrong turns is so significant because we're not just talking about a few hours, but some people will literally waste years or decades of their life headed in the wrong direction only to realize that they need to change directions. That's the bad news, of course. Now, the principle of the path, here's the good news. The principle of the path also teaches us that if you change your direction, eventually everything will change. If you change your direction, eventually everything will will change. Do you know, when I was a kid, we talked a lot in church about repentance. Repentance. And as a kid, I always kind of thought repentance was saying you're sorry. It was feeling regret or remorse for doing the wrong thing. As I've studied the Bible through the years, I've come to realize that that's not actually the definition of biblical repentance. That repentance isn't, I feel bad that I did the wrong thing. Repentance could actually be defined in this way, Turning from evil to good, from sin to God. That literally repentance is a change in direction or trajectory. It's not, I feel bad I hurt you. It's like, I am going to live this way and love you instead. It's not, God, I'm sorry that I did this wrong thing. It's like, God, I'm going to follow you with my life. It's a, it's a changing of direction. It's a changing of course. That's what repentance is all about. It's the principle of the path in action. And so I want to return to the text that I began our service with, Matthew chapter 7. Um, in this particular text, this is literally the closing argument that Jesus is going to make. He's, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus preaches the most incredible sermon ever, ever spoken in the history of the world. It's called the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has just finished basically in these three chapters telling us how to live how to live the Christian life, how to follow God, how to live rightly in the world. He's like, here's how you live go in this direction. 
And if you read it, it talks about love and forgiveness and patience and kindness. And he says, go this way. Here's how I want you to live your life. And as he concludes this powerful sermon, he finishes with these words that we've already read, but we're going to walk through them a little slower now. Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine. Who does this apply to? It's not a trick. It's highlighted on the screen for you right there. Who does this apply to? Everyone. Because it's a principle. Doesn't matter who you are. If you hear this, it applies to you. Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine. No one is excluded. All of us are included in this. Everyone who hears these words of mine, he continues, and does them. Again, this is one of those simple things that we all intuitively get. That it doesn't matter how much you know about something. If you don't do it, you won't get the results. Right? If you're baking a cake and you know it says put baking powder and this and that in, and you just say, oh, I'm not going to throw those in. And you, it doesn't matter if you know it. If you don't do it, guess what? It doesn't work. Jesus says, whoever hears my words, understands, comprehends, knows what they are, here's how I want you to live. You go, okay, you want me to go that way? Yeah, I want you to go that way. And does it. He says, that person, he likens them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, you may not have thought of this before, because if you've read this, building a house on a rock is not easy. I've worked in construction. Building a house on a rock, because you never find a rock that's perfectly flat, you know, like a poured concrete slab. Like, oh, there we go. We'll just put our house on top of that rock. It doesn't work like that. You're either building around the shape of the current stone, or you are chiseling, dynamiting, banging that rock out so that you can set your house on it and build your foundation secure. Building a house on a rock is not easy, it's hard, it's difficult, it's costly, but it's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. And following Jesus and living the way he tells us to live is, is never promised to be easy. In fact, Jesus promises us it's probably going to be pretty hard to live the way that I'm leading you, to live this way, is not going to be easy. But he says, anybody who does it, anybody who follows my commands and lives in the way that I direct them, it's like they're a person who's building a house, or I would argue building their life, on a rock. It's wise. It's wise. And then he goes on to say in verse 25, and the rain fell. All of a sudden, it was beautiful out. We built the house, and all of a sudden, a storm blows in. And the floods came. The winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Life will throw stuff at you. True? You've been around for a little while. You'll know there are hardships, things you didn't expect, and it hits you like a ton of bricks. It's like a storm blowing into your life. And when that happens, this house stands. Now, could we have predicted that? Could we have predicted that the house would remain through the storm? We could have because of where it was built and how it was built. His house didn't stand because he got lucky. His house stood because he built it on the right foundation in the right way. And Jesus says, a wise man who does what I'm telling you and lives in this way is like a man who builds his house on the rock. And then he continues by contrasting this against the fool. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. Every single one of us has a choice. We can live the way that Christ taught us to live, or we can say, you know what? I can decide my own truth. I can live however I want. I can live in a way that makes me happy. I can live in a way that's easy and simple for me, the way that I like, and I'm going to choose to go this way. That's, that's totally cool. Jesus likens the person that does that, who makes that choice to the fool. And here's what he says. He's like, he'd be like a foolish man 
who built his house on the sand. Now, getting back to construction, building a house on the sand is super easy. To get a level foundation, you just take a rake. That looks pretty flat. And then you put your boards down and you build your walls and you've got beachfront property. And all your friends are jealous. Oh, look at that beautiful life they've built. Look at it. You know, they walk right on the door and look at they're standing right in the water. It's amazing. Until a storm comes. <laughs> right? And, and even a little kid would be like, I don't think building your house on the sand that close to the ocean is a good idea. <laughs> not gonna, it's not going to last. And of course, the same situation comes for the second man. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Are any of us surprised that it fell when the storm hit it? No. Could we have predicted that house coming down? Why? It's the principle of the path. Each and every day, we're building something. And as I thought about this text, I realized in 2019, we're all going to carry about our business this year, aren't we? We're going to get up every day, go to work, go to school. We're going to go to sports. We're going to visit with family. We're going to help at church. We're going to do all the things we're going to do this year. But the question is, what are we building? So I'm not building anything. I'm just living my life. No, every single one of us, every single day is building something. The question is, what are you building on? And in what direction are you building? And maybe you won't even recognize it until that moment when you try to slip on those black pants. And you go, oh my goodness, I've been living in the wrong direction for too long. It's the principle of the path. It applies to every single one of us. Continues uh, by saying this, and when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Jesus' teaching were so, it was so much like, here's the way it is. Here's the way it is. Over Christmas, we visited my family, and uh, one of their neighbors came over. He was, I think, 91 years old. Amazingly healthy and bright. Looked like he was 70. Had fought in the war in Germany, on the German side. Lived through the prisoner of war camps. And, and he was just sitting there telling stories about the war and what happened after the war and how he emigrated to Canada. And literally, my kids were sitting and listening to him. And he'd be like, well, you know, people are doing this now and doing that. This is the way it is. And even my little kids are like, yeah, that's true. He spoke as someone with authority. This is the way the world really works. I don't care what anybody else. Jesus spoke in a way that people just went, ah, oh, it makes sense. It's the way that it is. The principle of the path, direction determines destination. What a perfect uh, thing to think about as we enter into a new year, wouldn't you agree? As we make adjustments to our calendar and our food and our time and our money and all of those things as we make those adjustments, that, that this year we would make some adjustments in this area, that we would align our direction with the destination that we want. And I would argue this, that the habits you currently have, that the way you're currently spending your time and your money, that the relationships you're pursuing and how you're pursuing them, that if we were to look at all those carefully, all those dots in our life right now, that they would probably point very accurately to where we might be in a year or five years, or even ten years. And what breaks my heart as a pastor is seeing people living in the wrong direction, living in a way that I know they will never reach the destination they're after. And, and for some people, they'll live in that direction so long, it will take them so long to get back. And so this year, we want to apply the principle of the path to our lives. I, I honestly think this is why Jesus was so emphatic when he taught us to be focused on today. He literally said to his disciples, he said, tomorrow will have enough worries for itself. Focus on today. 
What are you doing today? How are you loving the people in your life today? How is your relationship with God today? Are you generous today? Is your heart pure today? Oh, yeah, I'll get to that later. Jesus says, later may never come. What are you going to do with today? Because if you do the right thing today, and then tomorrow when it's today, you do the right thing, and the next day you do the right thing, then you know what happens? Your future becomes fairly predictable, doesn't it? And so that's, that's my hope and our prayer for us as we enter into this series, and over the next three weeks we're going to dive into it some more and pull it apart, and I hope it's going to help you. So if you would, let's pray together, and we'll close our time. Father, thank you for these words that were recorded for our benefit for the words of Jesus that ring true 2,000 years later. That, Lord, each day we're building something. We're building our lives. And sometimes we just think, oh, no, I'm just doing my daily routine. No, we're building something. And each day we get to choose, are we building something in your direction? Are we building upon the rock or are we doing our own thing? And so, God, today, as we enter into a new year, as we begin this series, I pray that each of us would have an adjustment in our heart to say, God, I want to live in your direction. I want to change what I'm doing today so that I will be able to know where I'll be tomorrow. God, thank you that you are leading us and guiding us through each step of this journey. And we thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.